chair, a table, a lamp. There's a window with white curtains, and the glass is shatterproof, but it isn't running away they're afraid of. A handmaid wouldn't get far. It's those other escapes, the ones you can open in yourself given a cutting edge. Or a twisted sheet in a chandelier. I try not to think about those escapes. It's harder on ceremony days, but thinking can hurt your chances. My name is Alfred. I had another name, but it's forbidden now. So many things are forbidden now. So here we are. Are we introducing ourselves? Are we starting now? I, I think we, we I think, I think we have, st- I, we've only just begun. Oh. Handmaid's Tale season three, episodes 10 through 13. So this is the yes. last, this is the end of the season. Witness liars, yes. sacrifice, mayday, in that order. Bear witness. I think it's just called witness. I'm looking at IMDb and it says bear witness. Okay, well. Google says witness. So we'll go either way. The thing that yes, they do do is called bearing witness. Well, before that, why don't we introduce ourselves? It's a novel concept, I know. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I keep forgetting that someone listening to this might not know who we are. But go ahead. I'm Vanessa. And you are? <laughs> I am still Darren. Same Very as last good. time. Same as last time. Okay. Now you can go on. <laughs> um, where we last left off. Here we are. Season 10. Season 10, episode 10. You er, mean season 3, 10. episode 10. Yeah. <laughs> episode 10. June is sort of starting to stand out. She's she's being a little bit more conspicuous. And the, the people in Mayday seem a little like, hey, man, what did she say? What did that one lady say when she was trying to talk to her at the the drink cooler? Like, you're toxic yeah, or something. Right yeah, now. it's She's a little obvious. Yeah. But she's brazen. That's perhaps the way to put it. Perhaps. She's got a plan with a van. The you know, Gilead is all, uh, what, the DC standard? Is that what? Um, yes. Is that what they, they were calling it? it? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, she was gone from the Lawrences while she knelt and, you know, over in you know, sat vigil over of Matthew, you know, till she gave birth or whatever. And so she's coming back and things have changed at the, at uh, the Lawrence's and that's where aunt Lydia brings in the DC standard thing. Yeah. The books are, as far as we know at this point, the books are gone, which is very telling. Yeah, yes. Yes. And it's that whole bullshit that, uh, commander Winslow, the Chris Maloney, character like his whole kind of no everything has to look this way everything has to be this way and the waterfords are you know closer to it than you feel i mean obviously the lawrences (laughs) very very much so very much so because as 
this episode, this episode, there's so much to like, unpack in this episode where you see that, oh, it hasn't just been, oh, they haven't been doing this ceremony. You know, not like, oh, this one time. No, this is something they routinely haven't been doing behind closed doors. Yeah, I think she's at one point, uh, Mrs. Lawrence, Mrs. L- Lawrence said something about, you said we nev- we would never, ever have to. Yes. But, of course, Fred, s- slimy Fred, and everything is trying to push Commander Lawrence out of the way. Trying to yes. buddy up to his buddy, Chris Maloney. Winslow. Does it drive you crazy when I miss, when I call them by, like, their actor names? No, I had been calling him Christopher Maloney, too, or, or, or I put even in my notes Maloney. But I'm trying to get, separate him from his character. <laughs> because I like Christopher Maloney. His well, character is a piece of dog shit. Oh, wait, yeah. that's insulting dog shit. I'm sorry. So this <laughs> is the, this is the bear witness episode. It's... Oh my goodness! This episode and Aunt Lydia, and Winslow—they just—they all invade the Lawrence home. Snap inspection. If that's what you want to call that. Well, no, it's, it's they found it's... a way to bring more people I, into the snatch room. inspection, perhaps almost. Well, yes. that happens. That has to happen <laughs> because afterwards. they are coming to observe and ensure that the ceremony is occurring. There's a doctor there. <laughs> Whatever bullshit. To ensure that the ceremony has taken place. This is at this point when they're just saying that it's time to bear witness. I thought that the that the ceremony would end up with them all being in the bedroom with them. Like there would be. Yes, a I thought that too. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. And I was practically, I watched, I watched this episode twice. Um, I had to rewatch this yesterday because it had been a while since I'd seen the episode and the first time I watched it I actually said out I'm like no they're not (laughs) (laughs) they're just I was already to be pissed off I was already pissed off about it but thank you Zora it was just God. and then after the fact because the Lawrences are like, no, it really doesn't have to happen. We'll just say it happened. But June is like, no, the doctor's there. They're going to check to make sure it happened. Yeah. So they reluctantly do this to save all of their own hides, truthfully. Yeah, the whole house uh, could be murdered, basically. Because all That's of them could of be killed. All of yeah. them could be killed. Not just you know, the June and the commander, but, you know, Mrs. Lawrence, too. So after that, whatever the doctor comes in and inspects, and Aunt Lydia says, oh, that's so good, whatever she, you know, in her Aunt Lydia kind of way. Something Um, horrible, but in pleasant tones. Exactly. But fucking Serena, where she comes up, and she, like, is checking to make sure it was done, and then she's like, where's Mrs. Lawrence? And she goes and talks to her and acts like she's all concerned about her and comes back downstairs and says something to the effect, let's give the Lawrences their privacy back. You have the fucking gall. (laughs) Like, oh my God. They're so adamant that this all has to take place and they all have to know it takes place. The monster's eating itself. Yeah, it's just... 
oh my god when she said that i was just like if you were here i might want to punch you i was just like i already almost stabbed you bitch (laughs) was digging it in even more and the only thing yes that would have been worse is if they had been in the room fucking fred Come smirkily walking up, and we we message each other. We try not to talk about these episodes very much before we record to let everybody behind that curtain, but we actually kind of cryptically referenced this part to each other. At least it wasn't you. Oh my god, that was the best line. (laughs) That was the best line where he basically, when he might as well just said like, "Well, how was it for you?" I mean, like you know, that's kind of what he's saying. I mean, he's so fucking smarmy, prying and and it's basically asking what her thoughts are, and she says, "At least it wasn't you," and has this kind of smirk on her face, this triumphant smirk, because <laughs> it's fucking true. I feel like they they zoom in and zoom in on her face quite a bit. Right. In this season. I don't know if I noticed it before this season. They probably did it all along. But sort of conveniently for the show, we forgot to mention at the very beginning, June is in the kitchen and she's told the code word for no to a question in the Martha underground is scones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because um, at the end of this episode, we get to see what, what muffins means. Or is it cupcakes? Is muffins? muffins? Muffins or yes. Muffins mean yes. To the plan to get the kids out with the van plan. <laughs> Say that fast three times. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the... There's so many muffins. There are so many, many muffins. And we get another zoom in on the June face. Yeah. And, and what does she say? We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, which kind of bugged me. Yeah. I have to say. This, I don't know, I have some grievances with June, uh, as, do in, I. as we will be talking about, but that that was one of the well, ones that I was like, man. Well, it's something with her this season. Every single episode has kind of ended in this, her staring directly into the camera and then kind of like zooming in or then zooming, just a zooming out kind of thing. And it kind of bothers me. Once or twice, sure. But it's like every episode. And then with adding with this, this flippant line that's just like, what, really? I was like, that. it, it just, no, it didn't need to be said. That's kind of, yeah, too cheesy for me <laughs> or something. I don't know. It was, I mean, granted, this does take place in our modern world. So there would be references like that. But I don't know. She's she's getting a a swagger going on that I don't think is... Mm-hmm. as earned in this season as previous seasons. Oh, we also did forget uh, in this episode when June just gets a whole bunch of files from the Lawrences, we find yeah. out that it's been five years. I think we've been guesstimating, but I think this was the first time it specifically says it's been five years since Gilead took over, right? Yes, yes. So she's, yeah, she's going through the files and she sees Janine. Is that the lady with one eye? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she sees news about Janine's kid and the sort of handmade mayday lady that whose name escapes me because she's so good at being a spy. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. She thinks that she can get a van that can fit 12 people and then we see a fuckload of muffins and she says that cheesy cheesy line well at least cheesily and that- used. 
<laughs> right. And that's here. yeah. And that's the end of that episode. But, you know, one thing I, you know, I do think it's it's interesting that they they point out that after the ceremony, uh, Commander Lawrence pulls out a thing of birth control pills. Oh, right. And June points out, it's kind of like, I appreciate the thought, but you know what the punishment for contraception is. And they're, you know, essentially drawing and quartering, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Joy. They're coming for me. As you're sure. So episode 10, either witness or bear witness. It's something witness. Yeah, something witness. But we witnessed that, so we roll right into Liars. It opens up, and June has counted the muffins. We have 52 muffins. That means 52 kids, right? Yeah. That is a lot more than 12. Or the 10 kids that they were saying. Yeah. But yes, the car was only, the vehicle was only going to hold 12. So they don't, you know, they don't know what to do. Uh, the Marthas, the Marthas show up and kind of say, "Hey, you're you're stirring up a lot of shit, and we got a lot of stuff going on." Chill um, the fuck out. Do not mess with our plane plan. So we had the van plan in episode ten, and now we're moving on to the the plane plan. Right. Right away, we know that since she said she's not gonna do it, she's gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's June. Especially this season. She really is just a pain in the ass this season. Yeah, yeah, Forrest gumping her way through this. Just, (laughs) okay, I'm going to make sure that we get a van. Hey, you know, you should kind of feel a little guilty about, you know, being the orchestrator of this entire thing. You should get us a van. No, yes, okay. Uh, Next, you know, next thing. Yeah, she's for, yeah, like I said, Forrest gumping her way through this. Uh, And the Lawrences flee, flew, flee. They fled. And then June takes over the house, kind of. You know, it's like... Kind of? Get a hold no. of yourself. Shut up, she everybody. Definitely, she definitely takes over the house. Get out of... <laughs> this is my office now. I'm Commander Lawrence. Well, because she sees that he's shredded all these papers. Right? Or is that the, is that later? No, he yeah. said he was going to help. And all of a sudden, he's fled and shredded all these papers with the information about the handmaids and their children. Mm-hmm. And he what, didn't he leave a note that said something like "sorry." Yeah. So she's back to just being a lady with maybe a van, but probably not a van. Right. And no plan. So she takes over the house. Is this when we find out that the mood stabilizers for Mrs. Lawrence are now banned? The no, we found that out at the beginning of last episode, and that's why he was agreeing to help her get kids out, partly. So they, they come back and sort of things go back a little bit towards, okay, we're going to, we're sticking with the plane plan. Yeah. Um, is this the episode with the gunpoint in the study? That's that, this that episode. That is That's this episode. episode. Okay. Because Mrs. Lawrence, it has the gun pulled on Commander Lawrence because he saying he raped June. And that's why she's pulled the gun on him. And she's having a... a as if she weren't already having a breakdown, this is like brought it to a whole other level. Yeah. Cold turkey off her medication unless they were stocked <sighs> up, which they're not acting like they were stocked up. No. And yeah. this is actually something that I, I wanted to bring up kind of last time we did our recap, but it's 
seeing now more of the season, it's a bigger conversation. Mental health has been a very big factor this season. Yeah. Between Mrs. Lawrence and what you had with of Matthew, where she has her breakdown, and where you're seeing, you know, um, what's her name? Emily was it who escapes to Canada yes. with baby, and how she is dealing with PTSD and having to make these adjustments, and it, it's they haven't pushed it so much. I mean, yes, they talk about Mrs. Lawrence and her issues on a regular basis, but you have these other pieces thrown in there and I don't feel like it's been pushed as like a big agenda, but it's very much a presence this season. And I'm glad that that was explored. And and you also got the awkward reactions people in public had to Mrs. Lawrence's experiences and her, uh, you know, her trip to the, the school prison or whatever it was called. <laughs> well, well that, and also, I mean, look at how Serena acts around her or, you know, looks at her where, you know, you can see these mo- and the other wives who come and visit at different moments. They tiptoe around her. They are always tiptoeing around her. It's like she, it's everybody knows, but nobody talks about it. At least not publicly. yeah it's like the suburbs right right but you see that she's miss lawrence is cracking more her hair's getting more disheveled she's having more breaks with lucidity um she's not miss havisham yet but you know she's getting there yeah but the uh, lawrence says that his clearances have changed which is right concerning so since it's been 15 or 20 minutes since she promised not to mess with the underground Martha's plane plan, she goes to Jezebel's to do that. Well, so basically she intervenes with whatever, take, gets the gun away from Mrs. Lawrence. Let's point that out. <laughs> but she does talk, yeah, Commander Lawrence into taking her to Jezebel's to talk to the guy with the plane. Billy, I think. Billy. Yes. And who does she see at Jezebel's? Uh, Commander Sadler? What's the, what's his last? What's his, Winslow. Winslow. Commander piece of shit. Played believably by Christopher Maloney, whose name we yeah. do not forget. And see, I, I do enjoy him as an actor, but I was introduced right. to the character, to the actor in that show Oz. So he was mm-hmm. also a dislikable character. Oh, no, he was absolutely an awful character on there. Like he's he's a wonderful character in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I know. <laughs> Gene. <laughs> I fondle my sweaters. Uh, so, yes. Undo some cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't, Gene. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Commander Winslow. Winslow. Oh, my God. This guy. What the... F- you know, I really wanted my homoerotic fan fiction, but that is not going to occur. We already knew this was coming. I mean, I'm sorry. It, we already knew he was a step away from raping or attempting to rape June. We knew this. Yes. I don't think he had to be a genius to figure that out. But of course, that's what happens here. And June, yeah, uh, wow. 
<laughs> kicks some ass. Yeah, well, she kicks she, him in the face first. <laughs> those were some good kicks. Uh, that was yeah. Commander Winslow in the hotel room with the pen and, <laughs> and the like statue. Clue. It sounds like a. It sounds like Clue. You hear uh, one of the really cool parts about this. This was also a scene where I got very nervous. Uh, oh no, I did too. But like when she's stabbing him and you hear the wheezing. That mm-hmm. was a good that was a good add to the thing. Because yeah. it could have just been the sound effect of the stabbing, but since she was totally puncturing his lungs, mm-hmm. that was that was a nice touch. But I and also I don't I don't you know, he might just like to fuck every one when he did tell her to roll over. So well. he could have been, you know, closing his eyes and thinking of Fred, but we will not find out. <laughs> Sadly, I know that was again. We said we don't usually message each other in between shows, but I did after this one, where I was like, "Yes, there, there will be no reality of my gay male homoerotic fan fiction from Handmaid's yeah. <laughs> Tale." Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Fred to be a necrophiliac, but wow, shit. Um, I but, agree. You know, for Forrest June, one of the Marthas that she saved. From the colonies not too long ago mm-hmm. is the one there. And she's just like, okay, here, you know, here's a plan. Here's a totally figured out plan for you. Just plop it in your lap on how you get out of here. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed or what you thought about, you know, she doesn't clean up or anything. So she's limping through the hallway. Well, she's she's too dazed. Blood, blood on her face. Yeah. Like, she's nobody far noticed. too dazed. All the people walking past her didn't even notice. I know. And it's that was that was one of the man. So that's that's commonplace. Or, you know, it's just everybody's looking at what they're doing and not paying attention to anybody. But I kinda took it as a battered woman walking down the halls is every night at Jezebel's. I took it as both. Especially coming out of uh Winslow's room. I I've I <laughs> Well that see now this is what got me. The efficiency with which the Martha's and other staff there clean that up says to me this is not the first time this has happened oh no and I was so impressed I was I was like oh shit how many of these guys are that out of control and something happens I mean I'm sure I'm sure this was one of the happier times of their using those skills I'm not saying it happens all the time but it's at least happened once before or twice because they did it way too efficiently. They, they did it like the person, like John Wick calls or Sons of Anarchy, and they're like, I got a body. I've got a package. And then the the cleaning crew shows up with a van, and they're just like, yeah. Oof. They're like fucking Winston Wolf in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, you probably didn't watch Sons of Anarchy. No. Uh, Stephen King shows up as that sort of character in one mm-hmm. episode, and it was kind of cool. <laughs> But yeah, he got disappeared, and what this and, and the and also the Waterfords are traveling, right? They're traveling yes. right now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, she goes and she gets in the car with Commander Lawrence and June does. Yeah. And Fred and Serena, they had they stayed at that weird Gilead Airbnb out in the woods. I know. Of, had those conversations. It's like, what the fuck was that? And when she left, oh, what is the what is the original Martha's name? 
Rita. Rita. Yeah, she's being really nice to Rita before the Waterfords left on their mm-hmm. on their little trip. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if Fred feels like he's in trouble, but he's he's either talking like he's trying to get out of trouble or he's trying to restart everything. You know, he's getting ready to move up in power level. So, you know, things are going to be different this time, baby. I'm, I'm sorry I made you give up your entire career. He lets her drive for a change. Yeah. You know what? You've been good. No one's watching. And you can tell she fucking loves driving. She does. Totally empty road. You know, the land in between mm-hmm. Gilead and the other countries. And probably there's probably a big gap between civilization and the colonies as they would call it but yeah fred and serena are meeting up with american spy guy (laughs) i don't know his name but sure just just the guy the guy that gave serena the phone the guy that uh, at least i posited there was going to be some sort of romance between the two you know i thought maybe so they're they're following they're following american spy guy and they go over that bridge, which is that the bridge that uh, Emily went past when she was escaping to Canada, or is that just a bridge? Because they, they had that very fancy overhead shot of it. Um, I don't remember. But... It might have just been a camera angle to kind of mirror that. Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> they cut onto this really, it, it's like the longest driveway ever built for only one vehicle going in one direction and it's twisting and turning everywhere just surrounded by trees and then the foot comes down you're arrested for what crimes against humanity and all that other shit and said you're in canada now fred yep and they're getting separated and they're saying you know it's like she she didn't do anything and she just kind of has a cold look on her face. As she or, always <laughs> seems to do. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we know they're in Canada, but American Spy Guy is there. And we see some people with American, well, altered American flags on their on their uniforms. Yeah. They have the, the there's fewer stars. Obviously, right. for, the, for the current America. And it kind of goes from there quickly to the Lawrence's house, right? Is it? the end of this episode or the beginning of 12 when the people kind of show up and they tell commander lawrence you know fred and christopher maloney disappeared (laughs) (laughs) um that i believe is is that the episode uh the beginning of episode 12 i'll go with that yeah i think so because this one, uh, no, no, this one ends with Lawrence giving June a gun and saying they're coming for us or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, or, yeah. yeah. They're going to get us or they'll be, yeah. they'll be coming for us. Yeah. So Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence gives June a handgun. Boom. Well, not literal boom. So, so I, I yeah. shouldn't have said that when he gave her a gun. Uh, credits. Oh, no. Credits roll. Credits roll. On episode 11. Yeah. All right. Sacrifice. Do you have a different title? No. <laughs> okay. Episode 12. There's only that one title that was different. The Waterfords are in the nicest jail I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. It's better than some apartments I've seen. 
certainly better than some hotels I've seen. We all could dream to live in a dystopian Canadian prison cell. I know, right? I, that's what I started wondering. I'm like, is it Canadian um, prison cells in general or dystopian prison cells? I'm not sure. I could be both. So they're there. They're separated. Uh, right now, it's Serena is in protective custody while they're hammering some stuff out. But Fred is doing depositions with uh... Serena. Hmm? Serena. Yeah, what did I say? Sabrina. It made me think Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, Serena. We don't caress. I'm yeah. sorry. Serena's in a really nice dorm room. and <laughs> Right? And, you know, we're going to get you. You've, you've been good. We're going to let you go sort of start looking for your halfway house or something well, like that. You realize that she has basically turned fred in oh yeah in, in exchange for this access to baby nicole and living here like a plea deal and living in canada as if she's a victim too completely which yes there is a certain amount of being a victim because she as a woman in a society she's still oppressed there's no doubt about that however <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> yeah, she's a wife. And in this society, it's a totally different thing. And she's fucking Serena on top of it. Like, <laughs> she's not just any wife of any commander. <laughs> Luke and Moira are coming. Right? Yes. That's that's part of the... With baby Nicole. Luke is obviously agitated already. Uh, Moira is kind of keeping her cool at at the time. And Moira generally keeps her cool. Yeah. So she <laughs> she tells off Sabrina, the teenage witch. <laughs> yep. The, the uh, grown-up witch. A.K.A. Serena Joy Waterford. The grown-up witch. <laughs> yeah. And while she's doing that, I mean, she gives her a good tongue lashing. Totally fucks up her, what she thought was going to be fun, which I, I enjoyed. And Luke has brought yeah. his scrapbook. Fred, I don't know. I, I he's, he's such a fucking shithead. He just oh. talks about how he knows his wife and oh, go ahead. Okay, riddle me this, <laughs> Batman. Why in the world would Luke want to talk to Waterford? Just, it just the conversation can't go anywhere good. You know it can't. You should know that. Even if you want some sort of resolution and some sort of justice, whatever, it, it just, not in that one-on-one -on -one sense. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. one thing if you went and over and heard him in a courtroom while he's trying to defend himself on a stand or something, but not a one-on-one -on -one conversation like that. That is just, you should know that some guy that's that horrible and capable of those things Nothing good. He's he's gonna say he's going to say whether it's true or not. He's gonna say the most hurtful and evil things just to get your goat. Why put yourself through that? I don't know why you would do that. I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> sometimes I think parts of the show are just there because it's convenient. We hadn't seen Moira or Luke in a while. A true. So. 
yeah, you know, they're kind of bringing them back in. But yeah, in, in the within that world, I have no idea. In, unless he just wanted to go so he could punch him. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Is that is that just your only reason? But I, I'm thinking, I, I just... <sighs> that's not cathartic enough. I, I'm sorry, for what this piece of shit Commander Waterford has done, that is not going to make up for it. A momentary satisfaction, perhaps, but that's it. It doesn't... Yeah, it's kind of like where I feel with the death penalty of, like, okay, kill someone who's killed your loved one. It doesn't make sense because it's not bringing your loved one back. And it, you know what I mean? It, it, there's still this emotional disconnect that this action doesn't, you know, make this other one. They're not even emotionally, you know, it, it's not going to give you quite the cathartic experience that you think it's going to give you. That's just my take on it. <laughs> I, I was just wondering if you had any insight on it. No, uh, I, I feel like I have less to say about there's one blaring thing in this episode that is mostly mostly taking up my thoughts on this episode, but that's at the end. Well, okay. Well, what else happens this episode? Not really much else. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fred, except this well, is the one where Fred's like, "Is I've got some. I'd hate to add more work to your plate or something like that." Like, I've got some terrible things to tell you. <laughs> no, doesn't he say that in the last one? Is that at the beginning of the last one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Whoops. No, that's no, that's okay. But yeah, nothing else really happens in that episode besides June goes up to Mrs. Lawrence's room. Right. And she is... ODing in a very bad way. And right. I immediately thought of uh, Breaking Bad. There is a point where the sort of tarnished hero of the show has a yes. turn where somebody that is kind of in his way will die if he does nothing and live if he mm -hmm. does something. And right. he makes a decision mm -hmm. that sort of a lot of people can see, think of as the point where that character became a villain. Yeah. So, so Mrs. Lawrence is dying and June soul searches for about 15 seconds. Well, and it's debatable about how close to death Mrs. Lawrence is. Okay. I, I mean, I will say that, but she's not dead yet. <laughs> Right. She's just sort of... Let's just say that. And then June leaves. And then June picks up the tray and leaves with it and puts it outside the door like she never entered the room. I'm almost surprised that they didn't go out with Sympathy for the Devil playing or something like that. Because they're, they're usually pretty good with their, their music choices, but sometimes it's... it's yeah. Little, ha ha. Gotcha. I know. Uh, but yeah, not, that that's the less jam-packed episode, I guess. You know, the alley-oop yeah, for the last episode. And, and then one of the Marthas finds Mrs. Lawrence dead the next morning. Oh, yeah. And June's waiting for it, and she's ready to react like she had no idea. 
And one of the things I do like about this is they don't do a whole lot of big time jumps in the show. So, you know, the final episode of the season starts with the funeral. But before we get to that, you said you had something about that episode that you had to say. I mean, it mostly is this is kind of when I stopped totally rooting for June. I think she's kind of a villain now. She might do some good things, but I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with my opinion of her right now. Absolutely. I felt that earlier this season. How she was with of Matthew started her really down that path. I didn't remember it before you said that you also felt like what we talked about was most of what happens in that episode. I thought I was blocking something mm -hmm. out because I was thinking about the other things. But um, yeah, so. <laughs> So here we go. Lucky number 13. Mayday. Plane plan is coming into full effect. They're passing soaps around, getting everything ready for the, the big exodus. 52 kids. Plane plan. Everybody's full of energy. Everybody's stoked. They're using the soap to make sure that the, the gates don't squeak. I like the effect, but also I feel like you can just do that if you rub it with soap but it's not as cinematic exactly. as, as everybody working like clockwork to make the big plan happen. Who knows what kind of soap it was. And then you see Commander Waterford and his, so Serena has, ju has just gotten her, her discussion of, well, we're, you know, just a couple more things and then we'll give you clearance to go back out into the real world, essentially, you know, and start you finding your new place. And then, like, she's getting ready to be released. And the in the whole time that she's been there, what's his position? The guy who's questioning, kind of flirting, whatever, with her. The American spy guy? Is that the American spy guy, or is it someone different? I think it's the same guy, because I think it's the guy that gave her the cell phone and mm -hmm. was there at the meeting at the airport. Okay. And that they followed, because uh, they... They built up that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Okay, that makes sense. But it's just... I'm he guessing he's CIA know. or something. You know, he's working yeah. with the Canadian government in Canada. He looks so different, though. Uh, maybe you I'm know. wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's that guy. Anyway, the whole thing of, oh, like, you're going to get it out and everything. And then we go to Commander Waterford with whatever panel, tribunal, whatever they, they're, they're called... And they're questioning him and they're wrapping up on things. And he's like, well, I have something you just might be interested in. Something about my wife. Twists that mustache. And then he literally raises an eyebrow, like, maniacally. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, something villainous. He did the facial expression equivalent he of tying a woman to the train tracks. He needed to rub his hands together and say, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was really, that's all it was missing. There's that snafu with Serena, Fred, realizing that he really is screwed. <laughs> yeah. Do, doing what he does and thinking of himself. Yeah. thinking of revenge. Or... Exactly. Back at May Day, somebody shows up a little early. Mm-hmm. And... June puts the squash on that, pulls a gun on a kid. Yeah, not just pulls a gun on a Martha. She pulls a gun on, what would you say, an eight? 
10 year old kid yeah eight to ten eight to yeah, ten years old. one of the so, little pink clothed children that you see occasionally in these this show that's re that's real nice <laughs> yeah. i know she's jumpy but <laughs> so that's when it's holy shit who knows how this show's gonna end uh you know people start to panic that the martha that brought the kid like um she was like my mistress is good and understanding she will forgive me i'm going back the the tension is ratcheting up you know the airplane is going to be at the what the airfield at midnight of course yes <laughs> you know uh, which is good because it'll be very dark but they they've got this trail in the woods it's picked out they're marking it with ribbons or yeah. chalk okay no they're t they're tearing off rags and like pieces of fabric and tying them to trees to mark the trail through the woods they get to the airfield but of course they they i think they sort of have to leave early because the the eyes are starting to show up in the neighborhood yeah so it's you know it's now or never they go they get to the airfield of course there's people there and it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how would you describe this the standoff at the airport what does it remind me of well it's it's just this great like okay we're just we're throwing rocks and you've got your you're you know shooting against us with your machine guns like ewoks versus the stormtroopers yeah a little bit i guess <laughs> <laughs> no i've seen it in in other things too but yeah you're right <laughs> that was the first thing that i thought of but it also is <laughs> yeah the the underdog they're getting it done they're getting shot at some people are getting I, shot that was not my that was actually not my thought but my thought was more like palestinians against the israelis <laughs> there we go also yeah <laughs> i've seen that news footage um that's yeah. why i thought of that um yeah um but i i <laughs> that went a different political place <laughs> as we as we do from time to time yeah uh, but they i mean they are they are getting it done because yeah they have to and you use what you have. So people realize that, you know, again, June is not going on this plane, but she's going to become Handmaid's Jesus? I don't know. What <laughs> Moses. Moses. Moses, but carried out. But um, so they get them on the plane. They get the little girl who. She's Handmaid's Moses. <laughs> yeah, she's Hands Moses. They get the plane. The plane goes. The plane takes off. And safely lands in Canada. Canada. Everybody's there. Welcome. Moira and Luke are part of the, and Emily are part of the uh, volunteer, I guess, or welcoming yeah. squad and rescue efforts. And they got the silver blankets ready and very emotional. I, I, the first time yeah. I watched it, I got, I got close. I got close yeah. to tearing up. Um, it is. It is. Because you see that the little girl who got there early that June had to part with or whatever, her father, presumably, or whatever, uh, is there. And they, you know, recognize and find each other. And Luke is thinking that Hannah is going to be on the plane. Oh, he should know better. Yeah. But And then he's hope. looking for June and doesn't see her. But Rita... Rita got out, fucking A. Uh, Rita tells him that June was the one who did this. 
Emily sees Rita. Yeah. They sort of hug it out. And so, yeah, June is bleeding in the forest because she got shot. She got shot. But she did have that gun with her when it counted. And yes. fucking shot a bastard. Oh, that was so good. I, and you know oh. it's coming. You know she's going to do it. There's no question. Yeah. I mean, she's oh, got a trail of bodies behind her already by now. Oh, yeah. She's been, yeah. Her finger's been on the trigger all fucking day. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Chekhov's gun goes off. Yeah. And... She gets carried through the forest like a deity or, I don't know, pallbearers at a funeral. She'll well, rise from the dead like Lazarus. Yeah. <laughs> to bring you another biblical reference. Yeah. But, um, yes. But then we see... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Serena. <laughs> Yes. Being fucking denied. <laughs> denied. She is now basically saying, I had a plea deal. And they're, the government's like, no, <laughs> we are finding you. Uh, we are charging you with all these different things. <laughs> We've, we made a deal about those rapes. Including sexual assault. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what... I don't know the way it's worded in, I forget what scene it is in this episode where either Fred is saying something about it, but, or in this scene, they're talking about, Oh, the rape during the ceremony or something. Oh, I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. What we, why aren't we charging her and bringing her up on the rape? That was a revenge type thing. That one episode. What was that in season two? Uh, Or was that season one end of season one or something where they're punishing her yeah and they i mean basically like it's not part of a ceremony that's not even been brought up here like fucking charge her with that not just the ceremony the ceremony's bad enough well because that that one she said what this i was this is the episode where what they do say that no we're, we're also talking about luke and the production of that baby that's not yours yeah yeah I don't know. I mean, we're probably going to see some trials in uh, if yeah. if they start season four, the first time that they're doing a big time jump and a bunch of shit that we wanted to see would have happened. I don't see them doing that. I feel like they're they're going to show some mm-hmm. trials or yeah. possibly an execution. I'm not sure how they're going to start, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess before we possibly posit what we think might be ahead of us in season four, which has been. I believe that's already been confirmed that there will be at least a fourth season. Yes, it has been. And Margaret Atwood's second book in the series comes out in September or October. Uh, but that's supposed to take place years and years after this timeline. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I read about it a while ago and I, I'm blanking. <laughs> anyway, uh, how do you feel the season went out? Uh, how do you feel about this season in general? Um... I feel there were some parts that lagged this season. Um, I think I brought that up mid in our second recap mm-hmm. that there that, that some of those episodes in the the middle just um, they could have done with some editing and maybe like so it ended up with one less episode or something or put some other information in you know 
could have been done with a, I don't know. I, you know, there was just something that there was too much padding with things that, that were just like, no, this could have been done in a much shorter period of time because, especially because those middle few episodes, they were also short on the shorter side. So you really felt they were kind of trying to stretch it out or something anyway. It was, I don't know. But overall, I liked the season. Uh, it, it, it went, it definitely got better at the, <laughs> at the end. And of course, we hoped that, you know, the Waterfords would get, you know, be held accountable at some point. But it's just a matter of how. And the, and the possibility of seeing people escape. And, you know, again, you have the second opportunity where June could have escaped and she hasn't. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what her... I don't know. I, I mean, I know she's still looking for Hannah, right? Yeah, because I feel they moved her. They moved her after the last time she went after her. I also pretty much enjoyed the season. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there were some really cool parts in this that will be interesting on a rewatch again, uh, perhaps. Um, going ahead, yeah, I, I think there's there are going to be some trials. I think there's in Gilead it's going to be really fucking crazy because... You know, a handful of Marthas and a whole fuckload of children just got to Canada. So it's going to be extra militarized. I, I don't know if Lawrence and June are going to use that to their advantage or if they're going to be super hindered by it. I, I don't think that they have it planned that this show is going to go on too many more seasons. But I hope it doesn't. I, I, I don't want it to overstay its freshness. No, I don't think it will and i mean i i certainly hope it doesn't but i I feel like they do see some sort of finite vision for it yeah i i don't think they're gonna try to set us up with all new heroes all new locations all new villains you know because once uh i don't know if fred's gonna somehow end up king of gilead if he doesn't get hung at the hague or whatever, we would have to be totally either introduced to a brand new person we're going to have to dislike quickly, or uh, or Lawrence is going to have to do a, a big villain turn, because we don't know anybody else that's in charge at Gilead. Well, yeah, I mean, we got rid of Winslow. Yeah, there's we those... We got rid of Winslow, so... Weasley guys that are like, hey, uh, I know we were taking away your security clearance and all that stuff, but we are relatively spineless and... Of course, we still have Aunt Lydia. I mean, you know. I guess yeah. Handmaid's Tale season four: The Rise of Aunt Lydia. <laughs> she can't rise much farther, though. Uh, you know, I mean, if if she could turn it into a a brutal religious matriarchy, until I come up with something better, I'm going with Handmaid's Tale season four: The Rise of Aunt Lydia. <laughs> I know. I I just it's got to be. We have to see. The trials, I mean, obvious, I think that's that's an obvious step, but yeah, you're right. We need a bigger villain because we have to have, see, I mean, someone. I guess Nick, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of forgot about him over there in Chicago. That's true. 
I mean, if he's a hardcore religious fanatic warrior person, he could be the head of it all, and he's still throwing himself in the front of, of the war because he likes killing people. Yeah. But I don't know. Hamas uh, Tale season five. Oh yeah, Luke's here. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Uh, Nick. We have Nick. That's yeah. true. Uh, there's Nick. Uh, you know, now that Mrs. Lawrence is gone, and if Commander Lawrence finds out that June let it happen if not i don't think she could have done right. anything else she didn't hold a pillow over I, her face no but. i don't think so that's that's why i'm saying we don't know how close to death she was but she wasn't dead yet i mean there's that we know that for sure because she could have been very close in the fact of you know that you know even if june had run to get someone in that 30 seconds of time or something she could have gone yeah. You know, we don't know. It's uh, Schrodinger's dead Mrs. Lawrence. It depends on the manslaughter laws in your oppressive religious dystopia. So, yeah, there there was that. That was season three. Your favorite <laughs> moments? Do you have any favorite moments? Favorite moments of the whole season? Yeah, I know that's hard to say about a show that is of this subject matter. But I'm just saying something that you found interesting or just emotional or prove that it's a good series. Something uh, that stuck out about it to you. The the transformation of DC, which is one of my favorite cities, was yeah. stands out first. The exploded Abraham Lincoln statue, the and, and you know <laughs> they weren't all great people. I mean, didn't come out last year that george washington made his dentures out of teeth he pulled out of his slaves mouths yeah yeah um but seeing the washington monument turned into a giant cross and the i mean i i feel like it's always been the point of the story was to see the parallels mm -hmm. in in our lives but this yeah. one was just kind of yeah in dc think about it being dc right now you know just that 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 was a thing that stood out to me the well you had just been in dc yes yeah yeah so yeah, i understand i just been, i've been twice this year and yeah the last time was missing the the taping of that by mm -hmm. a week or a couple days i was in dc when the the redacted miller report summary came out and i was in dc when like cpac and something else was going on mm-hmm my favorite June kill of the season was uh, Commander Winslow in the in the bedroom with the pen statue combo. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That was the best. Fuck you. I'm not taking this shit. Like, no. That one I can condone. <laughs> <laughs> he was a fucking piece of shit. We all knew it. And you're like, how many times has he done that before and gotten away with it? All of the times until then. Yep, exactly. How about you? Do you got a top two or three? Or um, no. Well, that one was a good one. <laughs> Sorry, Christopher Maloney. As much as I wanted you to be part of my gay male, you know, homoerotic fan fiction, but <laughs> we could have a flashback. We were like, we maybe, maybe that's the last thing Fred sees before he's hung, is that wonderful weekend with Christopher Maloney. Yeah, at the, at exactly. the beach house where Serena almost killed herself. <laughs> so virginia wolf um, <laughs> um anyway the moment 
of Emily making it to Canada. Oh, yeah. Like, across the river with the baby. The guy is asking if she's okay. And and asking if she would be, like, if she went back to her country, if she would be, was it, how did they word it? Prosecuted, or, like, you know, persecuted because she's a woman or something. That was what I called the Karate Kid moment. <laughs> I think that that feel that feeling I get when I watch Karate Kid when he lands the illegal kick but wins the championship. That and then the there was that good moment with her and and uh, her wife on the phone, Clea Duval, blocking the traffic. That was a good one. But the relationship, like the, the uh, Commander Lawrence, Mrs. Lawrence relationship. I found interesting. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I like the little moments, even when they know that they have to go through the ceremony and they're both like her anguish, you know, in that scene, like as horrific as it is, it's just, I, I don't know. It, it's just such a powerful, powerful kind of thing. It, and it says so much. And, to see, you know, just to see the body language, like the blocking of that scene was so well done, like from a theatrical point of view, <laughs> it, because everybody's like got this different kind of plane that they're standing on. And they're just the gravity of the situation. Yeah. It's a horrible moment, but it's so powerful. They had a few like really good moments like that this season. I will say that. Now that he's lost his anchor, I, I feel like, I don't, I don't know, it could get weird with him and June in a suspicious, I'm suspicious of you way. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, she's not going to be able to stay there. Oh, right. Are they going to make him marry uh, Winslow's wife? Because in, in the earlier she was concerned that if they didn't find him they were gonna oh, take the yeah. children away and give yeah. them to a, a real holy couple or whatever so i don't know what they do with the widows and i'm sure widows have a lot scarier options than widowers you know, yeah widowers probably just pick another wife and widows might be in danger depending on that power struggle and the same old politics, brutal politics that comes with religion and politics. Uh, you know, she could be sent to Jezebel's uh, she could be banished off to the colonies and nobody would. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. A lot of speculation. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say before we wrap this up? No, I, I mean, I think that, you know, we're going to see June with a new family next year, but because of what Aunt Lydia said, but um, of course, as she stumbles into good fortune, maybe uh, Commander Lawrence will make her an aunt. Hmm. I don't know. Who, who, who knows? knows? They're who knows? they're in uncharted territories now. Yeah, and they're not like I said. They're not going to have to stick with the book because the book is I suppose is supposed to take place in a different timeline. If I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, right. So yeah, but, we, but we've got to see some trials. That's all I've got to say. It's season four. We need some more than I mean. How many episodes has it been since they blew up that building? And maybe that's what we'll see. Maybe we'll see Nick, and maybe he'll come back and he'll be blowing up shit. 
<laughs> and June will join along. Tune in next time. So yeah, I, I feel like we're we're good to wrap up. And yeah. Let's see. Um, let's see. This will be September before the Pam Greer episode. Yes, our Pam Greer over at the VD Clinic, our double feature of Pam Greer in starring two films, Pam Greer, not just a double feature of women in prison movies, but both starring Pam Greer. And we're going to wrap up that uh, partial trilogy with Women in Cages and um, The Big Bird Cage. In all our social media places for VD Clinic, that's VD Clinic Pod, and you should find us. Psychosemantic is psychosemantic everywhere except for Twitter, which is at Political Movies. Come join our Facebook groups. Check us out on that Flick app, which is kind of fun. Yep. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, if you're old school. So yeah, thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Darren.
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.